the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Study Verse by Verse, Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno continues in the New Testament book of John. The one born in Bethlehem was the divine and eternal word. The incarnation does not mean that God dwelt in a man, but rather that God became a man. The babe of Bethlehem was Emmanuel, God with us. If you've been with us for this broadcast over the last couple of weeks, you know that Pastor Layton has given us a real good running start at the book of John, and today he launches right into chapter 1, verse 1. I hope you can stay with us. This is an outreach, as I said, of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and more details about the church and specifics regarding worship services and other ministries can be found on the web at highlands.us. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And that brings us then to verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Word became flesh. This is the most concise biblical statement concerning the uh, incarnation in the Bible. Incarnation is when God became flesh. The Word became flesh. And it expresses that God took on humanity. The infinite became finite. Eternity entered time. The invisible became visible. The Creator entered His creation. Now, neither Greek philosophers nor Jewish teacher could conceive of the notion of the Word becoming flesh. Since the time of Plato, the Greek philosophers had emphasized that the spiritual realm was ideal and that this material universe was evil. And most Jews so heavily emphasized that a human being could never become God, it never even occurred to them that God might choose to become a human. And here was a shatteringly new idea that God would and could become a human being, that He could enter this life in which we live and the Creator could appear and in such a fashion that men's eyes could actually see Him. The Word became flesh. The plain meaning of these words is that our divine Savior took upon Him human nature. He became a real man. 
yet sinless and perfect. The union of these two natures in the person of Christ is one of the mysteries of our Christian faith. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body. He was and is the God-man. And yet the divine and the human in him were never confounded. His deity, though veiled, was never laid aside. His humanity, though sinless, was real humanity. Luke 2.52 tells us he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. As the Word, then, he is the Son of God, and as the flesh, the Son of Man. And those titles are both used concerning Jesus throughout the New Testament. This union of the two natures in the person of Christ was necessary in order for him to be fit for the office of mediator. And three great purposes were accomplished when the Word became flesh. First, the incarnation made it possible for Jesus Christ to die. This is what the author of Hebrews was thinking when he wrote, "...because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, He said, "...sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for Me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased." Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. Hebrews chapter 10. A body made it possible for Jesus Christ to die. There's a second reason why it was necessary for the Word to become flesh. The fact that Jesus Christ took upon Himself all that we are and all that we experience made it possible for Him to be touched with the infirmities, the weaknesses that we have. This was referenced by the author of Hebrews when he said, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus knew and experienced what it meant to be a man. He experienced all that we experience, the weariness, the disappointments, the misunderstandings, the temptations, the pain of this life. And so he's able to understand and help those who are going through life's difficult times. And third, by the word becoming flesh, Jesus provided us with an example of living a life that is fully pleasing to the Father. Christ is our example. The Apostle Peter said, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. The duality of his nature was described in the Old Testament prophecies. Sometimes the prophecies described him as human, and sometimes it described him as divine. As to being human, he was to be the seed of a woman. Genesis 3, a prophet like unto Moses, Deuteronomy 18, of the lineage of David, 2 Samuel 7, and Isaiah 53 describes him as a man of sorrows. And yet on the other hand, he was to be wonderful counselor, mighty God, father of the ages, prince of peace, Isaiah 9. As Jehovah, he was to come suddenly to his temple, Malachi 3. 
The one who was to be born in Bethlehem and be ruler of Israel was the one whose goings forth had been from the days of eternity past. Micah 5.2. Now, how were these two seemingly different sets of prophecies to be harmonized in one person? And the answer is found as described in John 1.14. The one born in Bethlehem was the divine and eternal word. The incarnation does not mean that God dwelt in a man, but rather that God became a man. He became what he had not known previously, though he never ceased to be what he was before. The babe of Bethlehem was Emmanuel, God with us. Now, the apostle could have chosen another word. He could have chosen anthropos, from which we get anthropology, the study of man, mankind, speaking in general and conceptual, but that's not the word he chose. He could have chosen soma, which just simply refers to a body, but he didn't choose that word. He chose the word sarks, flesh. The word became literally flesh. And the Apostle John does not carry with that word a negative moral connotation as the Apostle does in the Apostle Paul's writing. Genomai became does not mean that Christ ceased to be the eternal word when he became a man. It's in the aorist tense. It indicates an action at a point of time. Something happened at a point in time. The word became flesh. What was that point of time? The point of time was the moment of conception in the womb. Human life begins at the moment of conception. Now, just in the last couple of weeks, our government's come out with a change of requirements related to the morning after pill. The morning after should give Christians all the information they need to discern the rightness or the wrongness of partaking that pill. The morning after what? The morning after a possible conception. Life begins at conception. It is wrong to take a human life without biblically justifiable cause. The Word became flesh at the moment of conception. In the words of the 5th century church father Cyril of Alexandria, we do not assert that there is any change in the nature of the Word when it became flesh, but we say that the Word, in a manner indescribable and inconceivable, united to himself flesh, and thus became man, and was called the Son of Man. The natures which were brought together to form a true unity were different, but out of both is one, Christ and one Son. We do not mean that the difference of the natures is annihilated by reason of this union, but rather that deity and manhood, by their inexpressible and inexplicable concurrence into unity, have produced for us the one Lord and Son, Jesus Christ. This brilliant 5th century church father, Cyril of Alexandria, could only describe the incarnation with words such as indescribable, inconceivable, inexpressible, and inexplicable. No wonder the Apostle Paul wrote of the incarnation, By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness, who was revealed in the flesh, was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. 1 Timothy chapter 3. 
Charles Wesley also captured the wonder of the incarnation in his hymn, his Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. One of the verses reads, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Deity is a reference to God, incarnate in the flesh, God in the flesh. Pleased is man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. You know, sometimes we sing those songs and our minds go back and and we don't think about what we're saying and what we're singing. Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. I never cease to be amazed when I hear that fact. God wanted to be with you and me. More in this series as we come back tomorrow at this same time and study further in the book of John. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, a daily visit with Pastor Leighton Sheely and uh, details about the worship services and the other ministries available at the church can be found on their website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Plus, information about Highlands Christian Schools can be found there or at least linked to when you go to highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for being with us. Come back tomorrow when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.